Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done uh, 26 books of the Bible. And if you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, I ask you to check out on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Podbean, Teacher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, you name it. You can also visit our website, BibleIndepth.com. There you'll find everything concerning our network, everything that we do. And I believe the Lord shall bless you. Remember we say that there is no limitation to Revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he will speak to you. If you want God to reveal his word to you, he will reveal it to you because he speaks to all who show the need, to all who want him to speak. He will come and he will speak. He's given us his spirit and he lives in us. He lives with us and he will reveal to us all that which we desire to be revealed to us. So as you study, open your heart and let God speak to you. And let God reveal himself to you. We are almost uh, ending the book of Daniel, the book that we've been handling. And uh, today I want us to continue with chapter 8 of this book of Daniel, which starts by saying, In the third year of the reign of Belshazzar, the king, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, subsequently to the one which appeared to me previously. Remember, Daniel just had a vision which we looked at yesterday. Um concerning the nations, the kingdoms that are to come, also uh, looking at that which is to come in the future, the Antichrist that is to come. And uh, we looked at that in detail yesterday. Now, he gets another vision. I looked in the vision, and while I was looking, I was in the citadel of Susa, which is in the province of Elam. And I looked in the vision, and I myself was beside the Ulai Canal. Then I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a ram which had two horns was standing in front of the canal. He sees a ram with two horns in front of the canal. Now the two horns were long, but one was longer than the other. So this ram that he sees has two horns, but one of the horns is longer than the other, with a longer one coming up last. Yeah, I saw the ram. Batting westward, northward, and southward, and no other beast could stand before him, nor was there anyone to rescue from his power, but he did as he pleased and magnified himself. So this ram was mighty, yeah, from what he sees. While I was observing, behold, a male goat was coming from the west over the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. Yeah, it was coming at uh, quick speed, and the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came up to the ram that had the two horns, which I had seen standing in front of the canal. So this goat now is coming, uh, coming to the ram, yeah, at full speed, and rushed at him in his mighty wrath. So the goat comes with wrath uh, to attack this uh, ram that he saw earlier. I saw him. Uh, come beside the ram and he was enraged at him and he struck the ram and shattered his two horns and the ram had no strength to withstand him. So the ram has been overpowered, brought down. We're going to see what this implies or what 
uh, what's the interpretation of this vision that he's seeing. So he held to him to the ground and trampled on him, and there was no one to rescue the ram from his power. Of course, the ram now has been overcome by this male god. Then the male god magnified himself exceedingly, but as soon as he was mighty, the large horn, remember he had a large horn, and the, and, uh, the god had a large horn on him. It was broken, and in its place there came up four conspicuous horns towards the four winds of heaven. If you followed greatly how we've been studying, uh, when, when you're looking at the ram that is being given here, and we shall see it in the interpretation, it represents the media Persia reign. Of course, the, we, we are told that of the two horns, that is the alliance that these two had, Yeah, that has been given to us, that these two had uh, one horn longer than the other. Of course, the Persian um, empire under Cyrus uh, was greater than the Medes under Darius. And uh, when they talk about the male god coming, they are talking of Greece. Yeah, the Greeks who came and overtook the Persians. And this large uh, horn that comes out first, uh, representing the male god, represents Alexander the Great, the conqueror who came and took over uh, the Median Empire, the Persian Empire, the entire world. This boy, at 23, he was fighting wars. By 32, he was dead. But he had made the greatest empire that has ever been seen. As far as empires are concerned and conquering is concerned, he fought battles and won them. So he was a large one. He was a big one. He was a major one. And he's broken here in... Uh, verse 8, we're told he's broken. Alexander the Great, of course, dies at 32. And in his place came four generals. We looked at them uh, yesterday. That of those included Seleucus and Ptolemy, who stood out among all these four and uh, created um, a strong Hellenistic culture across the world at that time. And uh, these are the ones that are being talked about as the male god, as the ram as described here. Verse 9, out of them came forth a rather small horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the beautiful land. This is believed to be uh, the Seleucids. We looked at them uh, under Antioch Epiphanes fourth. We looked at them uh, last time when we were trying to handle the history of Israel, and he is the one that is most probably being talked about here that out of those four came out one, yeah, from the Seleucus Empire, the Seleucids, and one of the leaders, and Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, is the one who took charge mostly on the south, the east. He also had control over the beautiful land. When they are talking the beautiful land, of course, they imply Zion, they imply Judah, they imply the land of Israel, and they say it grew up to the host of heaven and caused some of the host. And some of the stars to fall to the earth, and it trampled down on them. It even magnified itself to be equal to the commander of the host, and it moved the regular sacrifice uh, from him, and the place of his sanctuary was thrown down. Yeah, here they are talking about them wanting to take the place of God, and we saw that. We saw that about uh, the Hellenistic culture, and they wanting to worship them, uh, taking the place of God, uh, replacing names yeah, of their gods with those of the Almighty God, trying to confuse people that it is the same, yet it was not the same. yeah. 
they had a different God. Sabbath and the Lord of the Sabbath, they are confusing the two, yeah, and uh, saying it is the same as Olympia's Zeus, but it is not the same. But they wanted to take the place of God. And uh, on account of transgression, the host will be given over to the horn along with regular sacrifice, and it will fling truth to the ground and perform its will and prosper. Then I heard the Holy One speaking, and another Holy One said to that particular one who was speaking, how long will the vision about the regular sacrifice apply? Well, the transgression causes horror, so as to allow both the holy place and the host to be trampled. And he said to me, for 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the holy place will be properly uh, restored. Of course, there's a period here that has been given and to which peace shall return. And uh, here we wait to see of that. Now, there comes the interpretation of the vision that uh, Daniel has just seen. And says, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. And behold, standing before me was one who looked like a man. And I heard the voice of a man between uh, the banks of Ulai and called out and said, Gabriel, give this man an understanding of the vision. So he came near to me while I was standing. And when he came, I was frightened and fell on my face. But he said to me, son of man, do not be afraid. Tells him, understand the vision that pertains to the time of the end. Yeah. Now, while he was talking with me, I sank into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and made me stand upright. And he said, Behold, I'm going to let you know that which will occur in the final period of the indignation, for it pertains to the appointed time of the end. Now he starts to describe to him the ram. He says in verse 20, The ram which you saw with the two horns represents the kings of Media and Persia, just like we've just said. Yeah? So the description of the ram is given unto us, that that represents Media and Persia. Then he goes on in verse 21 to talk about the goat. The shaggy goat represents the kingdom of Greece, like we've talked. And the large horn that is between his eyes is the first king, that is Alexander the Great, yeah, that they're talking about here. The broken horn and the four horns that arose in his place represent the four kingdoms which will arise from his nation, although not with his power. In the latter period of their rule, yeah, we've talked about those four, of whom included Seleucus and uh, the Ptolemies. And uh, he continues, says, when the transgressors have run their course, a king will arise, an insolent and skilled in intrigue. His power will be mighty, but not by his own power. And he will destroy to an extraordinary degree and prosper and perform his will. We know who came after the Ptolemies, and this could be the same that has been referred to because as scholars uh, try to go through and uh, give us interpretation of this word, some shall uh, talk about Antiochus Epiphanes IV as the one that's being talked about here. But also, the Roman Empire, we also know that it came after these four kings. And uh, when it comes out, it held a strong grip. It is with them that we saw the destruction of the temple in AD 70. Yeah, we looked at that while we are handling the history of Israel. And if you've not been able to listen, you can check through the episodes we did 
uh, about the history of Israel. And these, we know, came strong. The Roman Empire came strong. And here they are talking about a king that shall arise, insolent, skilled in intrigue, mighty in power, but not by his power. He will destroy. He will prosper. He will destroy mighty men and the holy people. And through his shrewdness, he will cause deceit to succeed by his influence. He will magnify himself in his heart. He will destroy many while they are at ease. He will even oppose the prince of princes, we are told here. But he will be broken without human agency. The vision of the evenings and the mornings, which has been told, is true as well. Yeah, he's told. But keep the vision secret, for it pertains to the many days in the future. Then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up again and carried the king's on the king's business. But I was astounded at the vision, and there was none to explain it. Of course, what he has seen is not something uh, that is easy to take in. But he has seen it, he's been given interpretation of it, and he has been told about what is to come in the future. Chapter 9, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of Median descent, yeah, remember, we talked about Darius. We talked about the Meds that they came over through Babylon and uh, the reign at this time. And at this point, Daniel is staying in the Median area. We say that is the southern part of Iran. And uh, that's where their old, um, center was. He is staying right there. And now he's telling us, in that first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of Median descent, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans, yeah, Chaldeans, of course, represent Babylon. Uh, when they conquer, they place kings. They place people who lead. And when they conquer Babylon, they place uh, this Darius there. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. He sees what Jeremiah saw. And that's the connection with prophets and people of God that they can see and they see the same. yeah. And now he sees the 70 years that was given for the captivity of Israel or of Judah. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Daniel sends himself into a fast. yeah. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenants, covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Hmm? He keeps covenant for those who love God. For those who keep his commandments, that still applies to us. If you love God, he will consider you. If you love God, he will protect you. If you love God, he will come out on your behalf. Yeah, And here, Daniel makes it clear to us. And he says, we have sinned, committed iniquity acted wickedly, rebelled, even turning aside from your covenant, your commandment, your ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, yeah, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. And he says, righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us open shame. We are ashamed of what we've done. We are ashamed of what we've become. Yeah, that's what he's saying. And he says, as it is this day to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have driven them, 
because of the unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Remember, not all the captives of Judah are right there in Babylon, all in the meds. They are scattered across the world. Same thing as Israel who went earlier into exile. Those ones actually went far off, assimilated by the Assyrian Empire to the farthest of lands, and they even lost their identity. We looked at that. They became the ten lost tribes of Israel. Now you just had the Benjamin and uh, Judah remain there to give you some closeness to Israel or the nation of the Lord. And here he's saying they're out there because of the unfaithful deeds which they committed against you, O Lord. That's what Daniel is saying. And open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. Nor have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings, which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. He says, indeed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us, along with the oath which was written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. He brings it out clearly that they have sinned against the Lord. Thus he has confirmed his words, which he had spoken against us and against our rulers who ruled us, to bring on us great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what was done to Jerusalem. The people of God, taken out of their land, taken into captivity, they had never seen it. Yeah? As it has been written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to your truth. When you are going through some level of judgment, when you are going through some level of trouble, but you fail to recognize that you need to turn back to God. When your life is a mess, but you fail to recognize that you need to turn back to God because when you turn back to God, he makes things new. When you turn back to God, he brings back the good days. Israel fails to recognize this. It fails to recognize and turn from its iniquity. That's what Daniel is talking about here. Therefore, the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds which he has done but we have not obeyed his voice. Sometimes we are not getting answers. Sometimes we are not having our, uh, our, our deliverance because we have failed to walk with God. We have failed to do that which he demands of us. We have failed to turn. We have failed to live the wicked ways. We have failed to listen to the Lord. Now he speaks and says here, this is upon us because we have failed to walk with the Lord. And this is a caution to us because he's speaking here and it looks like it's so off but we need to obey the voice of God if we are going to overcome some calamities in our lives. We need to walk with God if we are going to see some goodness in our lives. That's key for us. Key for you and me. And now, O Lord God, you have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand. Yeah? Because he did that. And have made a name for yourself. As it is this day, we have sinned, we have been wicked. He's not coming out to uh, put himself in a better position. He himself also, a man who has seen visions, great things to come, 
seeing the future, he comes out still and says, God, we pray and ask you to help us. Forgive us. We have sinned. It's key for you to acknowledge. Acknowledge sin in your life and ask God to help you. And ask God and repent. And go before him and repent. This is done by a man who is considered one of the greatest. Because of what he saw. Because of the life he lived. The greatness that was upon his life, he saw it all. And he says, O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. He's saying people laugh at us. People scoff. People say all things against us. People uh, 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 laughing at us, Lord, come out and help us. Come out and have mercy on your people, Jerusalem. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications. And for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on the desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and hear. He's saying, Lord, listen. Come out for us. Listen to our cry. Hmm? He's making a request to God. But then there's acknowledgement first. You need to know about your life. Sit down. Study it. See how it's been. See how you're walking. Acknowledge evil that has been in your life and ask God to forgive you. And when you do that, he does hear. And this Daniel is saying, saying, incline and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city, which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. We are praying to you, Lord, not because we are the righteous of all, but because we know that you have compassion. That's what he's saying. We know even up to now we're still wrong, but we know about your grace. We know about the compassion. We know about how you love us, how you care for us. And Lord, hear our prayer. That's the grace that God has. God has been gracious to us, friends, irrespective of the things we've done, irrespective of the lives we live irrespective of how much we might hurt others, God still comes out and gives an ear to us. And that's by grace. He still comes out and provides to us. And that's by grace. That's the compassion of God that Daniel is talking about here because his compassion is great. It's not like that of man. It's not equal to that of man. His compassion is great. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. He's saying, Lord, hear my prayer. Hear our prayer and forgive. He says, O oh Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, O oh my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was still speaking in prayer, then a man, Gabriel, is talking about this angel now. Yeah, whom I had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of evening offering. And he gave me instruction and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have come forth to give you insight with understanding. At the beginning of your supplications, the command was issued. And I have come to tell you 
For you are highly esteemed, so give heed to the message and gain understanding of the vision. He's telling him, while you started this, God heard you. Yeah, And he says, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression. Daniel is being told that there is a period that has been given to this which you're going through. And you shall complete it. Friends, there are seasons that we have to go through and complete. That you've prayed does not mean God has not answered. When Daniel prayed here, God answered. Gabriel tells him clearly. Yeah, when you started your prayer, your issue was attended to. But there's a period that you have to complete. Some of us, we've prayed to God and we feel like he's not answering. But that prayer that you've made has been answered by God. And there's a period that you're going through does not imply that you are not going to receive that which God has said you receive, but at the right time, it shall come to accomplishment. And he tells him here that 70 weeks have been given to this which you're going through. And he says, you will have this, and it has been decreed upon your people, upon your holy city, 70 weeks, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So, you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah, the prince, there will be 70 weeks and 60, seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in the times of distress. Thereafter, 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Of course, here, after uh, the, Jesus has gone, ascended, killed, ascended, uh, we saw uh, that the prince who is to come, of course, uh, there was a destruction of the city of Jerusalem, burning down of the temple, and the sanctuary also burnt down here, as we see. And its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war, desolations, and determined. Uh, desolations are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction. One that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. They're talking about the times to come, the times in the future, the destructions that will come in the future uh, by those that will be against the Lord. And that speaks of a lot here in description. We see the present, we see the future, you see the Messiah come, you see him gone, you see destruction come. But still, all that is promised to them in the end is an everlasting freedom, everlasting life, that which comes with Christ's return. And that we believe is a day that we shall see all of us, even to you who is listening to me today. Today we'll conclude with uh, chapter 10 of this book. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belshazzar, and the message was true and one of great conflict, but he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. 
Now, uh, we've moved from the days of Darius. They're talking now days of Persia, yeah, uh, that are given to us uh, with Cyrus the king because, remember, these ones were running or reigning at the same time. In those days, I, Daniel, had been burning for three entire weeks. I had, did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. This is, of course... One of those that are considered a Daniel fast where you put aside those good things, yeah? Put them aside and um, stick to those things that are helping you focus in your search for God. On the 24th day of the first month, while I was by the bank of the great river, that is Tigris, I lifted my hands and looked, and behold, there was a dressed in linen whose waist was guarded with a belt of pure gold of Ufas. His body was like burial. His face had the appearance of lightning. And right, what he's seeing right here, is typically an angel, yeah? Now I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. While the men who were with me did not see the vision, nevertheless a great dread fell on them. They didn't see, but something frightened them, yeah? And they ran away to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. But I heard the sounds of his words, yeah? And as soon as I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Then, behold, a hand touched me, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand these words that I'm going to tell you, for I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken to me this word, I stood up trembling. Then he said, Do not be afraid, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. He says, When you started to make the prayer, it was heard. Yeah? And... I have come to give you response. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now this is spiritual battle that they're talking about. This angel who had been sent had been blocked for 21 days to deliver an answer. Can you imagine? He needed the help of the Archangel Michael, he's, a, he's the, the angel of wars, he fights wars to come and help him overcome these spiritual issues with these kings of Persia. In the spiritual world, by the way, these are not physical kings that they're talking about here. These are spiritual matters. Now, I have come to give you understanding that will happen, of what will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision pertaining the days of the future. When he had spoken to me according to this, I turned and I became speechless. And behold, one who resembled the human being was touching my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke and said to him who was standing before me, O oh my Lord, as a result of the vision, anguish has come upon me, and I have no strength. For how can such a servant of my Lord talk with such as my Lord? For as for me, there remains just now no strength in me. This is the one who had the human appearance. He touched me again and said, O oh man of esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage and be courageous. Now, as soon as he spoke, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak, for I have been strengthened. Then he said, Do you understand why I came to you? Yeah? He's asking him, But I shall now return to fight against the prince of Persia. So I am going forth, and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. The other spiritual battles to fight. He's telling him, However, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. Yet... There is no one who stands firmly with me except against these forces except Michael, your prince. is talking about how he overcomes also as him. He will depend on Michael even on his return. 
that he needs his help as he goes back because these spiritual powers they cause uh, trouble the entire issue here is the strength that daniel receives because he's been weakened and he needs strength and here specifically about this man who brings this message there are battles that could have to be fought for you to get your answer there are battles that could have to be overcome for you to get that answer that you've been waiting for. This man was stuck for 21 days bringing a message, an answer to Daniel. And he needed help. Michael comes and helps. But this is the thing. There are some things you've prayed for. There are some things you've believed for. And they've taken a while. And there's some battle that might have to be fought. And I tell you, God will help you. He will see to it. If he send his word, it will be fulfilled in your life. It doesn't matter what people have plotted, how they've plotted against you, how they've blocked, uh, they've tried to block your progress. When the Lord says it is your time, it will be your time. Nothing could stop this angel from reaching because he had a message for Daniel and indeed he comes to deliver it. God has a message for you. God has a plan for you. And it does not matter whether it has taken 21 days, whether it has taken 10 years, it will come to accomplishment because when God sends his word, it will be fulfilled. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love for us. And we pray that you hold us together at all times and help us be the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.